Glory to God. The Lord is good. Amen. His mercy endures forever. Why don't you stand up one more time? You'll get to be seated for a few minutes. Let's release our faith. Let's believe God together. Amen. How many understand the Holy Spirit is our teacher? And you're not limited to what I know. Right? I mean, it's good news. You're not limited to what I know. The Spirit of God could say something to you that I didn't say. Amen. But it's just what you needed to hear. And let's, let's release our faith along this line. Father, thank you so much for the Holy Spirit, our divine teacher. We acknowledge him. We look to him. We rely upon him. Thank you, Lord, for utterance. Thank you for the message and the ministry for right now. Give everyone, grant everyone ears that hear, eyes that see, hearts open and receptive. Let there be divine grace deposits and truth impartations, revelation of truth that makes free. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers. And we know as we do, we shall be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. And if you would please turn with me to two openings this morning, Galatians 5 and 1 John 4. Galatians 5, 1 John 4. Anybody like faith beside me? I tell you, I'd rather hear a good faith message or get my faith stirred up some way or another than have a good meal, which it is a spiritual meal, amen? I love faith. It's a good thing because God likes faith. And we take after him, so that's why we like it. I know I was at a uh, service one night, and there was a guest speaker, and uh, he'd only spoken about three or four minutes. And I poked Phyllis. I said, I like him. She said, "Uh, you don't even know him. How do you know if you like him? I said, he's got faith. You can hear it. You can see it. Amen. And uh, I've found that in teaching on the subject of faith, we need teaching about faith. We need to understand what faith is. We need to understand how it comes, how it's released, how it grows. But you know, technically speaking, teaching about faith doesn't give you faith. Did you hear me? And we need it. Don't misunderstand me. We need teaching. I've done it. I'm going to continue to do it. But we also, and we don't usually in our teaching just keep it totally to definitions. But for instance, if you need faith to be healed, just talking about what faith is and how it works will not give you faith to be healed. You need to hear that himself took your infirmities, bore your sicknesses, carried your pains. You need to hear that it is his will for you to be healed. With a long life, he'll satisfy you. Those are the kind of things that will cause faith to rise up in your heart. Amen. Things that produce faith. And I want to talk to you this morning as the Lord helps us about something that in my own personal life has been one of the greatest producers of faith in me of anything I know of. And I trust it will quicken you. In Galatians 5, are you there? Galatians, the fifth chapter. And we'll just begin reading at this um, sixth verse. Galatians 5, 6. It says, In Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith, 
Faith. Everybody say faith. faith. It's not outward things. It's not outward observances. It's not works. But it's faith. Faith which worketh by love. Or as one uh, translation said, faith which is active through love. Another one said, faith which operates through love. Faith works by love, or it operates, it's active, active and activated through and by love. Is there a connection between faith and love? Or what if the love is not operating? Will that affect the faith? Yes, it does. So we need to think about love when we think about faith, because faith works by love. Say it about three times. Faith works by love. Say it again. Faith works by love. One more time. Faith works by love. Love's not there like it should be. Faith's not going to work like it's supposed to. Now in 1 John 4, if you're holding your place there. Tremendous passage on love. 1 John 4, we'll begin with verse 7. 1 John 4, 7. He said, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. That was a manifestation and is a manifestation of the love of God. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Skip on down to verse uh, 17. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Now notice, is there a connection between love and boldness? Well, is confidence and boldness associated with faith? Yes, it is. And that's all connected with love. He goes on to say, he explains it further in verse 18, there is no fear in love. How much? No fear. wonder if you had absolutely no fear, but just confidence and boldness. Would you be in faith? Oh yeah. And that is the result of love. He goes on to say, perfect or complete love is. Casts out fear. Now that word cast is a strong word. It means to throw without caring where it lands. (laughs) And that's what love does to fear. Love throws fear out of you. I like that, don't you? Glory. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear because fear has torment. Fear is tormenting. You're afraid your bills are not going to get paid. 
It gnaws at the back of your mind when you're trying to work, when you're trying to do things around the house, and it affects your relationships. So many people under duress and stress because of financial pressure, and all it is is a fear that we're not going to make it. A fear the money's not going to be here on time. A fear that we're not going to have enough. A fear that, you know, my body's not going to improve. A fear that I'm going to get worse. A fear that I'm not going to make it. I'm going to die in midlife or I'm going to die prematurely. A fear. And that fear is with you. If you yield to it all of your waking hours, it'll wake you up in the middle of the night. It is tormenting. And it is not from God. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Amen? But what will get rid of it? I said, what will get rid of it? Complete love. Full love will throw it out. Cast it out. Push it out. Amen? So that we just have boldness. I like the sound of that, don't you? I think I could get happy in a few minutes here this morning. Hallelujah. The love of God and the faith of God are inseparable. They're inseparable in operation. To to begin with, Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. I know in whom I have believed. Faith is not just a, a mental adherence to principles or legalistic ritual or routine, faith is in knowing the one who said the words. My faith is not just in ink and paper. Did you hear me? My faith is in the one who said the words that are on the page. Hallelujah. I know him. I don't know all there is to know about him, but I know him. I know him. And he knows me. And I know enough about him to know if he said it, you can count on it. You can pour the foundation on it. You can build the building on it. It's, you can count on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To know him is to know love because God is love. Now, I think that so many times when people have heard this phrase, perfect love casts out fear, and also the phrase in Galatians 5, faith works by love, I think that for the most part, uh, they have thought walking in love. That if I will walk in love, my faith will work. And that certainly is, is a truth, and that is a part of it. But he didn't just say that, and he didn't limit it to that. He said faith works by love, the whole thing. So don't limit it, don't limit that scripture, don't limit these verses to just me walking in love with you and how that affects my faith. And it certainly does, and we may get into that later on in more detail. But first and foremost, you need to understand this, one of the big things about faith and love is understanding how much God loves you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. His love for you. Your love for Him. Your love for yourself. 
and then your love for your fellow man. It all works together in the operation of faith. But the thing I begin speaking to you about, this thing that has and continues to quicken my faith so much, the more revelation I get about how much he loves me, my faith is just buoyed up. It just, when, when I begin to see how much he really does care about me, my faith just comes up. And I know I'm going to make it. <laughs> I know I'm going to make it. Not because I'm so extraordinary, but because he loves me. I've got somebody big on my side. Hallelujah. I know uh, years ago I had a, a Doberman. Big fine specimen over Doberman. I think he was about 110 pounds. He, he's the one you don't want to meet at night. I mean, he was big bad dog. But he's my dog, so I'm okay. But strangers, not okay. And I, this dog was with me all the time. He rode in the back of my truck. And he caught my Frisbee and he protected my stuff. But any strangers come around, you had to watch him. He'd get them. And he wouldn't warn them either. <laughs> He just come up behind him. Next thing you know, whoop, he's got it. <laughs> Stranger, some, some salesman that I didn't even want to be around one day, I didn't know it, but they pulled up in the car. He came around the back of the car, snuck up behind, they had the window open, and just put his head over in the door and looked at him. And gra- I thought they were going to make a sunroof in that car, man. <laughs> But they didn't come back. <laughs> but there was some uh, friends of mine came uh, one day and he had a little boy. I guess the boy was about, what, two or three. And uh, they got out of the car and here my dog comes up, you know. And boy, this little kid, he was just scared. And, and, and you know, no wonder the dog really looked intimidating. And he was. But his daddy was a big guy. And uh, the little boy, he ran around behind his daddy. (laughs) And he kind of peeked around behind one leg, you know. (laughs) And I spoke to the dog, and I told him, oh, he'll be okay now. And uh, uh, this this man, he reached around and got his little little boy. He said, don't worry about that, son. He said, "Uh, I won't let him bother you. He's fine. So the little boy just stepped right on out in front. But now he stayed close enough to where he could touch his daddy. (laughs) But all at once, he found some boldness. I just watched his fear faded out, and he just walked out and, and reached up and touched that dog on the nose. <laughs> but he kept one hand back here where he could touch daddy. <laughs> Why did his fear fade away? Because his great big daddy. Had spoken to him and said, it's all right, son, step on around here. (laughs) Now, here's what I want you to get. His father did not tell him, now, son, I give you my word. I will not let this big bad dog bother you. He didn't say any of that. He just said, come on out. And this little boy knew that his daddy loved him. So he didn't have to say any of that. He knew that he was going to look out for him and protect him and take care of him because he knew he loved him. 
When you know that God loves you, it's going to take away a lot of your questions. It's going to take away your frustrations and your waverings. When people are asking, you know, well, will God heal me? You don't know how much he loves you. Or you wouldn't ask that question. Will will God help me pay my bills? I mean, will will God help me get caught up? I'm behind. Will God help me get out of debt? I, I don't know. You think it's his will? To ask that means you don't really know him. I didn't say you weren't saved, but you don't really know him because if you knew how much he loved you, you wouldn't even ask that. Now, it's not enough to just have faith in ability. Do you remember the leper in Mark 1? You don't have to turn there. But the Bible says that he said, Lord, if you will, I know you can. Make me clean. Remember that? He was convinced the Lord could do it, but he didn't know if he would. And that's where many, many Christians are. They believe God has the power to heal or the ability to meet their needs, but they're not convinced that he will do it for them. It doesn't make any difference how much ability and resources somebody has. If you're not convinced that they will use that for you, You can't have faith to receive. But when you know how much God loves you, you know that that's why he has all this ability, why he's created us. He delights in showing mercy, the scripture said. He wants to do it. He enjoys doing it. This is his thing. (laughs) I'm going to know what I mean by that. what, What do you mean? God, what does God like doing? You got some things you like doing. What does God like doing? Micah says he delights in mercy. That's what he enjoys. What what quickens God? What makes God say, oh yeah, I'm enjoying this. It's when somebody believes him. Somebody opens the door and lets him do for him what he can do. His eyes are looking throughout the whole earth to and fro. What's he? God got a good scanner. He's scanning the earth. What's he scanning for? He's looking for somebody that's wholehearted towards him, that's believing him, that he can show himself strong on their behalf and do some things for them. I mean some God-sized things. And when he can do that, he goes, oh yeah, I like it. He delights in it. The devil has lied to the church. He's lied to the world about God. So much of the church and in the world has gotten their impression from what the church has said. Have painted the picture that God, he's not really that involved with humanity. He created it, he gave it a fling, and he's off somewhere just kind of watching it. Knowing we're going to mess up and just wait until we do for judgment to fall. But God loves us. He really, really loves us. Amen. He cares about us. He keeps up with things like the number of our hairs. I don't keep up with the number of my hairs. Do you keep up with the number of your hairs? I don't keep up with the number of the hairs on the heads of my loved ones. Do you? 
But he does. And then people are so foggy in their thinking to say, well, wonder if God cares about this. Even people who have some grounding in faith. When things go on and they don't change and it hasn't happened as quickly as you wanted it to or, or, or thought you needed it to, the enemy come and sit on your shoulder and say, God don't really care. If he really cared, he'd be doing something about this. If he really cared, you would, this wouldn't be going this long. It wouldn't be like this. Never, ever, ever entertain such ideas. They're lies. God cares about you. And if you saw the whole picture, you saw, you'd see, he's been more merciful to you than you'd have asked him to be. So many times you just don't see the whole picture. He has heard your prayer. He is honoring your faith. He is doing for you. He has done for you. And he's got a good plan for you. And if you just stay with him, you're going to wind up in a good place. But the devil knows that, and so he wants to disrupt, he wants to hinder your fellowship. Even if you don't say it, he wants this kind of nagging thing in the back of your mind. Well, why hadn't God done that? This questioning. Why why did he allow this? Why did he let this happen? Or why hasn't he done this? Or why hasn't he done this already? I just don't understand. Well, it's, it's okay to have questions, but it's not okay to question his love. And it's not okay to question his faithfulness. Do you remember that the disciples were in the boat? Jesus was asleep in the back on the pillar. The storm arose. It raged. And finally they came to him and they shook him. And you remember what they said? They said, Jesus, Jesus, get up. Don't you care that we're dying? Don't you care? We're perishing out here. Now, and he gets up and takes care of the situation, but he looks at them and says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Can you answer the question? Why was it they were so full of fear? Why was it they weren't having faith, weren't in faith? Because they're questioning his love. They're not made perfect in love. They're questioning, God, don't you care? Jesus, you're going to lay there and sleep while we all drown? Get up, man. What, you don't care? That is an insult to God. I said that is an insult to God. Always stay on God's side. When you don't know things, when you don't understand why or why not or how come, Even through your tears, even through your questions, look up to God and say, Lord, I don't understand all this, but I know this, you're faithful to me. I know this, you have loved me and you will love me and you will never let me down and my eyes are on you and I'm trusting in you, I'm relying on you. He loves me. Everybody say, he loves me. I'm telling you, the more you get a hold of this, your faith will just begin to come up. It'll just begin to come up. Next thing you know, the thing you ran from, you'll just walk out in front of your father and you'll touch its nose. You'll look it in the eye. You'll deal with it. You'll overcome it. But always keep one hand there. (laughs) 
So you know he's right there. You know he's backing you. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Say it one more time. God loves me. God loves me. It's not just enough to know that he can do something. You've got to be persuaded he will use his ability and resources for you. And you don't have to get into this regimen of legalistic confession and going through every motions and afraid if I don't do it 938 times today that I'm going to fall through a legal crack here somewhere. It's not going to work. No, no. What if I don't dot every I? What if I don't cross every T? He still loves me. <laughs> he knows my heart. Amen. And if I'm walking in the light that I have, if I'm doing the best I know how to do, if I don't know enough, he'll show me some more. If I'm making a mistake, he'll correct me. I'm convinced that Keith Moore is going to make it. You need to be convinced that you are. I'm convinced Keith Moore is going to run his whole race. He's going to finish his whole course with joy. I'm going to hit the line. I'm going to hit the ribbon. Boom. I'm going to hit it. (laughs) You know why? God loves me. You know, the Apostle John, that was his claim to fame. Remember, he wrote the, God used him to pen the, the gospel account of John. And instead of referring to himself as John or the Apostle John, when it came time to refer to himself, he said, the disciple whom the Lord loved. <laughs> who are we talking about? John. You read again and again. The disciple. And who was that? Who, who was that that leaned his head on Jesus' breath? The disciple whom the Lord Loved. Instead of saying John, he, he changed his name. What's your name? I'm the disciple the Lord loves. It'd do you a world of good if you grab that right there and say, What's your who are you? I'm the one he loves. <laughs> and we're not saying he doesn't love anybody else, but I can't believe he loves you for you. You you, you gotta believe that for yourself. Amen. He loves me. Oh, do, do us a world of good. Just go around and say that. He loves me. He loves me. God really likes me. <laughs> he likes me. He's thinking about me this morning. He's working out things for me this morning. He's got a plan for me. And the reason I'm so convinced I'm going to make it is because he loves me. If I need something, he'll tell me. If I don't get it, he'll tell me again. If I don't get it for, for three months, he'll tell me for the 93rd time. If he needs to, he'll crank the volume up. If he needs to, he'll send four people by me and say, Keith, let me draw you a picture here. I believe he'll do that for me. I'm not talking about not trying. I'm just talking about if I need it. And if I stomp my toe and I fall, I believe he'll pick me up. If I were to take the wrong turn, he'll get a hold of me and go, uh-uh, Keith, not that way, this way. Hallelujah. He'll help me. He'll teach me. He'll correct me. He'll guide me. He'll do it because he loves me. Hallelujah. Say, I'm the one he loves. I'm the one the Lord loves. Hallelujah. Woo, Glory. Do you see where we're going now? If you really believe this, how can you say, I don't think he'll heal me? 
How can, how can that? See, that doesn't agree. Oh, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me, but I don't think he'll help me pay my bills. <laughs> that can't work, can it? If he loves me, he's going to help me. And he already has helped us. Amen? Now, because of this, I want to take some time this morning and just feed this. What do you mean? God loves you. Amen. That's all we're going to do all morning now. I'm just going to feed that. Amen. I'm going to tell you, this is why God loves you. Not only that, but this is why too. Yeah, I mean, this is why too. And when you say, okay, okay, you say, no, hush, I'm going to show you some more. This is why God loves you. Amen. Are you ready for that? Say it one more time. God loves me. I'm the disciple. He loves. All right. I want to uh, give you a few reasons. Number one reason why, there's no particular significance to this order now, but here is a reason, one of the first ones I'm giving you, why we know God loves us. How do we know? Number one is, for the Bible tells me so. Amen. Let me go over that real slow. (laughs) Jesus loves me. This, I think. No, no. This, I know. Why? For the Bible. We're we're not talking about now some some other book. The Bible tells me so. You don't have to turn to these places, but just listen to them. If you want to, jot them down in your notes. Jeremiah 31.3. Jeremiah 31.3. The Lord has appeared of old and said, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindnesses have I drawn thee. Oh, can you sense it? I I can sense it. Lord, you love us? Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. That's why I've drawn you. That's why I've drawn you with loving kindnesses. I know some years ago I was in the floor praying and Beginning, I was thinking about some of these things. The Lord brought them to my remembrance. And, and, and he was showing me what he had done for me. I'm going to understand that in John, he said, uh, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Hallelujah. And ordained you. That you bear fruit that remains. And on my pr- answer, answer, prayer that we could ask, and our joy would be full. He said, I chose you. And so I was thinking, well, you know, I did, uh, I did answer, you know, the altar call. He said, Keith, I dealt with you for years to get you to the place where you could hear and, and respond. Yeah, amen. Well, I did, uh, you know, we, we came to Ramah. He said, Keith, <laughs> I was working on you for years to get your faith to the place where you could believe that I could provide for you. And added the grace. And added the strength. And nursed us. And carried us on eagle's wings. 
Amen. And how many times that we thought we were doing so good in faith. And we weren't doing the best we knew how. But if we had seen the whole picture. He's carrying us. <laughs> he was carrying us. Glory to God. He said yes I have loved you. Jesus in John. There's so much in the gospel of John about this. As well as 1 John. But he said in John 16, 27, Jesus said, and we know what he said is right and true. He said, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. Turn to John 17 because you need to let your eyes rest on this. John 17. Jesus is uh, praying. How many believe he gets his prayers answered? John 17, 23, he said this. John 17, 23. Jesus said, I in them and thou in me that they may be perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Glory to God. Did you hear that now? Jesus said that the world may know that you have sent me and that the world may know that you have loved them as you have loved me. How many believe the Father loved and loves Jesus? I mean, it's not every day that you hear the voice of God out of the sky saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. But here he tells us that now being in him, he loves us. Just as he loves him. Just believe it by faith. Don't try to figure it out. Just just believe it by faith. Say he loves me. Even as he loves Jesus. And he wants the world to know this. He wants the world to know that he loves me and he loves you just like he loves Jesus. In fact, there's a lot of things about to happen and going to happen before this thing is over. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Now that's love. That's love. I'm a son of God. You're a son of God. Male and female, we're all sons of God. Sons of God. And he said in Revelation, let me read this to you. He said, Revelation 3, 9, he said, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan that, that lie. He said, I will make them to come and worship before you feed and to know that I have loved you. Oh yeah, we may take some flack now. We may be ridiculed, we may be persecuted, we may be called feeble, we may be called weak, we may be called ignorant. But before this thing is over, our enemies are going to be brought to our feet. And he's going to make everybody see that he loves us. He chose us. And that's going to be our claim to fame. (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) He loves me. I'm the one he loves. Glory. Glory. 
And the people that were so high and lofty and were so arrogant and so were stiff-necked and rebelled and spoke so, you know, blasphemously concerning his church, he's going to bring them and put their nose right down towards your shoe and say, now, you see here, I love them. We're going to go, huh, yeah. He loves us. Told you to shut up. We don't have to defend ourselves. We don't have to justify ourselves. We don't have to convince other people about he loves us. He's going to demonstrate it himself. He does it right here and now by his protection, by his love, by his blessing. Closer you walk with God, the more he's able to manifest his love in your life. Until it'll be more and more obvious. God loves them. Well, he loves you too. If you just let him, he delights in blessing you. Hallelujah. How do we know God loves us? He said so. He told us. Here's another reason. We know that God loves us from the creation. He made us in His own likeness and image. The Bible tells us that the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. And in Genesis 1, when God made everything, He looked at it and saw that it is and was good. And it's very good. Now there are some confused and blind scientists and researchers and philosophers that are pumping with all their might into our youth and into our children and into our young adults to tell them that we are really a quite insignificant part of this whole thing. That earth is not that big of a deal in the universe and that we human beings are just a highly evolved animal and that we're really, you know, nothing that much more special than an ape, and that Earth is nothing that much more special than any other planet, and that there's all these galaxies out there, and we're really not much. And everything is geared toward causing us to feel that we're insignificant. Where do you think that came from? That's the devil. I'm telling you, the devil envies us. He envies us. He was in the presence of God. He knows what it's like to be in that love and to be in that presence. And he's lost it because of his arrogance and rebellion and cannot have it back. And now you and I are the apple of his eye. Destined to be in his love for eternity. And he can't stand it. People laugh at us about this. But let me tell you, I say it without apology. We are the apple of his eye. The reason all these planets are here is so earth could be here. The reason earth is here is so we could be here. He made it for us. That's why there's a sun. That's why there's a moon. That's why there's the other planets for us. Scientists will say, what arrogance, what ignorance. No, you're ignorant. The reason the sun is shining this morning is for you. The reason the world is turning is for you. The reason that ocean is coming up against the sand is for you. Even 
even in its fallen condition. See, the earth as we live in it now, it's not like it was when it was originally created. It's fallen. It's been messed up terribly. But even in its fallen state, some of the original beauty remains. And if you'll listen with your heart and you'll look, every star is twinkling saying, I love you. (laughs) Every wave is saying, I love you. (laughs) Every flower, every tree, every part of creation is saying, I love you. I made all this for you. (laughs) I made you and then I made this because I love you. I love you. Hallelujah. That's why the wind blows. That's why I can take another breath. Listen to your heart. What's it saying? God's saying, I love you. Oh, glory to God. Creation. Creation. Hallelujah. He made us. Number three. How we know that God loves us. It is redemption. Mm, mm, mm. Now you can just stay here for a while. How do we know God loves us? We know that he loves us because he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him could have everlasting life. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates or commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let me just read a few more to you. Ephesians says, God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. Revelations 1 says, Christ, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. The Bible says love covers the multitude of sins. God so loved us that even though through sin we had, man had sold out, had lost their place with God, lost their authority, lost their dominion in the earth, God couldn't have that. Because he loved us too much. He had to get us back. Amen. He had to fix it for us. Amen. He couldn't bear it. He couldn't have it. That we were separated from him. And that we were reduced. And stripped and brought down. He had to have it the way he intended it. That we were beings in his class. His own family. Ruling and reigning. So he had a plan. I said he had a plan. And this love plan he persevered with through the centuries. Through the centuries. Even though this was looked like it was a problem and Satan was fighting against it. He had his prophets prophesy and he had his angels work. And he saw that it came to pass when it was supposed to. And that everything was lining up toward the fruition of the plan. And in the fullness of time. Jesus was born of a woman. Hallelujah. Perfection. God manifested in the flesh. You know what his birth said? His birth said to the world, I love you. His every message 
His messages were in love and tenderness. Here's a people who are used to just hearing the law and sometimes just heard in a legalistic and a hard fashion and the judgment of God was talked about more than anything else. But here, the true nature of God is revealed and the fuller nature of God is revealed when somebody's caught in the act of adultery. Whoever's without sin, you cast the first stone. They all walk away. He looks at her. No man condemns you? No, neither do I. Go sin no more. Hallelujah. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world. But that we might be saved. Oh sweet redemption. Bought us back. With the most precious thing he had. We were not redeemed with silver and gold. We were redeemed with the precious blood of the lamb. The blood that has in it the life. Of God. The very life of God was spilled and poured out for us. And then the devil comes and tries to tell us we're not worth much. I mean, you've got to be pretty ignorant to believe that lie. Right? If we're not worth very much, why would God pay so much for us? We're not talking about a million. We're not talking about a billion. We're not talking about a trillion. All the gold in the world can't buy one soul. There was nothing in the universe that could buy a soul except the precious blood of the Lamb. And He paid it. He shed it. He paid it. Why? Because He loves you. He wants you and was willing to pay anything to get you back. Did you hear that now? Was willing to pay anything. Anything. Do you know what a horrible price was paid? Jesus is as strong as you will ever see in here. And in the garden, he's sweating blood. He's saying, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But there was nothing else could buy us. Nothing else could get us. So the father says, I want them. I got to have them. They're the apple of my eye. Do it. It's going to cost us everything. Do it. It's a terrible price. Pay it. Because I want them. I want them. Everybody say, He loves me. He loves me. me. Now go to Romans real quickly if you would. Romans 8. Thank you, Lord. Say it again. He loves me. me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You might just mark your place here in Romans 8 because we may come back to it later. Did he pay a dear price for us? Romans 8, verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how... Shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Well, I don't know, Brother Keith. That's a $200,000 house. I don't know, Brother Keith. That's a a $60,000 car. Well, we don't know, you know. 
That's a uh, $20 million building. Listen, friend. If God was ever going to hold back on anything from you, it would have been his son. If God was ever going to say, no, not that. I don't know that I can give you that. It would have been his son. His only begotten son at that time. And the scripture says, if God spared not him, if he didn't hold him back, if he didn't say no about giving him, how shall he not with him? Also freely give us all things. If he give you Jesus, he will give you a house. If he gave you Jesus, he will give you a car. If he gave you Jesus, he will heal your body. When he gave us Jesus, he gave us all these things in him. That's why he says all things are yours. Can you see how the devil's lied to the church? How he's deceived? And you got people, I don't want to bother the Lord with that. Well, I don't know, you know, if it's the Lord's will for this. Just don't have a fraction of an idea how much he loves us. He's already shown us how much he loves us. He gave us Jesus. That's it. That's it. If, he, if he'll give us Jesus, how shall he not with him also freely? Everybody say freely. Give us all things. All things. All things. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. He gave us everything. I tell you, I'm touched by, you know, when Jesus had first raised from the dead. And the women were there and they saw him. And they fell down at his feet to, to worship him. And he said, don't touch me. Don't touch me. He he said, I'm not yet ascended to my father. This is over in John 20, 17. But go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and your father. And to my God and your God. Mm, 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 mm. Help us, Lord. The price had been paid. He's ascending on high now to act in the mediatorial position. Offered up his own blood in the Holy of Holies. Obtained an eternal redemption. And he's telling them, you go tell them, I'm going to my Father and your Father. My God and your God. He's because of what he has done I can say he's my father just as much as he is the Lord Jesus' father. He's my God just as much as he is Jesus' God. And he loves me just as much as Jesus. I don't if I can believe that. Quit your thinking and believe. I just don't see how that can be. There's a lot of things you can't see, but you can believe. Quit that silly reasoning and trying to figure it out. And just believe it. Can I tell when I believe it? Oh, your heart will be affected. Your faith will begin to come up. Begin to come up. Begin to come up. Things that look big won't look so big. 
Things that you questioned, you won't question anymore. Why? Because if he'd give me Jesus, if he gave me Jesus, he'll give me this. I said, if he gave me Jesus, he will give me this. Mm, glory. Glory. I better keep going. My time. Hallelujah. Here's another reason why I know that Jesus loves me. Even though he did give himself his, his last drop of blood, he paid the full price when he raised from the dead, that's not the end. He's still giving. Hebrews 7.25 says he's able to save forever those that draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus, right before his hour on the earth, you remember at this last uh, Passover meal with his disciples, at one point in the supper he got up, he pulled off his, his cloak, he took a towel and wrapped it around him like a slave. And he got a basin of water and he came. Now, 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 don't just hear this religiously. Jesus, the Master, the Son of God, the Head of the Church, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, put on a towel and knelt down in front of his disciples and took some water and started washing their feet with it. Went down to the next one. Went down to the next one. He got to Peter and Peter said, uh-uh, no, no, no. You are not washing my feet. You'd know why he'd feel that way. We're talking about Jesus. Kneeling in front of you. Washing your feet. Jesus said, you don't know what I'm doing now. But you'll know later on. He said, no, uh, no, you're not washing my feet. He said, if I don't wash you, you don't have any part with me. This is one reason the Lord likes Peter. He said, okay, wash me. Wash my feet. Wash me. Give me a bath. How many understand? Be quick to repent. Quick. Quick. <laughs> he said, all right, all right. Give me a bath. Jesus said in Mark 10, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. If that's not love, friend, what is it? The King of Kings, ever living. To make intercession for you and I. Every day. Every night. He's at the right hand of the Father. He is our advocate. He is our attorney. He's our representation. Glory. Mm. He claims us. He stands up for us. He speaks on our behalf. He's the apostle and high priest of our confession. We confess it in, the, in faith. And he stands up and says yes. Mediator concerning our faith and our confession. This is every day. This is every day. He loves us. I said he loves us. He cares about us. Another reason, what is this, number five or whatever? Why we know he loves us is because of the great gifts he has given us. He's a gift giver. 
God is the ultimate giver. The greatest gift we've already talking about, spoken about, Jesus. He gave us Jesus. But you know, that wasn't the end. He gave us the Holy Ghost. We're not talking about a new car here now. We're not talking about a house. He gave us the Holy Ghost. Mm. Every time you speak in tongues, God's saying, I love you. That's why I gave you the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Every time you sense the anointing on you, he said, I love you. He looked at his disciples before he left and he said, fellas, y'all need help. <laughs> but I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not going to leave you helpless. I'm going to pray the Father because I love you. And he's going to give you another comforter. He will abide with you forever. He's going to be in you. He's going to be on you. He's going to anoint you. He's going to teach you. He's going to lead you. He's going to show you things to come. He's going to help you. He's going to help you preach. He's going to help you pray. He's going to help you prophesy. He's going to help you fix your hair in the morning. He's going to help you drive to work. Because I love you. I'm going to help you. Every beat of your heart, every breath you take, he's going to be inside you 24 hours a day. Help. Help. Whoo. He loves us. <laughs> he loves us. Gave us the Holy Ghost. Mm-mm-mm. That's not all. Now, with the Holy Ghost, you need to include, this would be another thing, but all the gifts of the Spirit and all the manifestations of the Spirit. Why did He give us word of knowledge? He loves us. Why did He give us word of wisdom and discerning of spirits? Because He loves us. Why did He give us gifts of healings? He loves us. He loves us. That's not all. When Christ ascended on high, He gave gifts to men. He gave some apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why? Because he loves us. He gave us gifts. Amen. Amen. Every time they get up and speak, you ought to see a big bow wrapped around them. <laughs> and lift your hand and go, oh, thank you, Jesus. We're not talking about a little box under the Christmas tree. We're talking about human beings. We're talking about spiritual gifts. We're talking about ministry gifts. When Solomon began to reign in his father's kingdom, he sent to Hiram, who was always a lover of David, and he wanted to, you know, cedar and wanted some things to build the house of God. And he sent back word and he said, You know, Solomon, you know why God made you king? Because he loved those people. He gave them a wise king. God gave us apostles, gifts of God. He gave us prophets. These things are not, I mean, the, the ministries are not there just for people to serve them. They're there as a gift to the body of Christ. Amen. And God unfolds and unveils himself and reveals himself through these gifts. They're gifts to you. Hallelujah. Brother Hagin is here. Because God loves you. Is that right?
Because God loves you. He said, I love him, so I'm going to give him a big gift. What can I give him? I give him some apostles. That's a big gift. And prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. I'm going to give them some real gifts. But God knows how to give a gift. What? To help them, to teach them, to lead them, to lead them in prayer, to prophesy to them, build them up, edify them, correct them, instruct them. Why? He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Every time you see somebody get up behind the pulpit, you ought to be hearing God say, I love you. That's why I sent them here. That's why I gave them to you. Because I love you. Everybody say, He loves me. He loves me. Hallelujah. We don't have time, but another reason why we know he loves us is because of his continuous protection and provision. Do you know how many times you'd have been killed by now? (laughs) I mean, start when you were two years old. How many times his angel steered you this way instead of that? You almost stepped off and he pulled you back. A lot of things happen when you were little. You don't even remember. How many times he protected you? He spared you? So many things you don't even know because it just didn't happen. So you don't know what you were spared from. Every day. The devil's out here trying to kill us. But if we'll walk with God, he can't touch us. Every plan, everything he works up, the Lord takes care. He, he protects. He pulls us. He guards. He guides. And provision. Has he met your needs? Every meal you eat is saying, I love you. Every piece of clothes you have, God's saying, I love you. You got a place to lay down and sleep? God's saying, I love you. I'm taking care of you. I'm going to keep taking care of you. Amen? God Loves us. Another reason why we know that God loves us. Are our associations. Your family. Your friends. The connections. In, uh, Brother Hagen talks about uh, your own company. I understand there's divine Connections. You may think it's just because of your charm why people liked you and hooked up with you. Or because you were so good looking. But I'm going to have to burst your balloon. <laughs> God told Israel one time in Deuteronomy, he said, he said, don't you think God chose you because of you. <laughs> it wasn't because you were the mightiest, you were the fewest. It wasn't because you were so obedient, you were rebellious. It wasn't, but it was because he made a promise to your fathers. It was because he loved you and chose you. He chose us. How many in here got some good folks? Got some good family? You may feel like you got some of the other kind too, but they can change. But got some, some people that love you and care whether you live or die. Huh? That's a gift of God. Got any friends? Anybody got any friends that would go to bat for you? Friends you could call at three in the morning, they'd come get you. Friends that would help you. That's a gift. I'm telling you, that's not because you're so smooth. 
and so slick and so great. It's because God loved you and wanted you to have a friend. Somebody that would play with you so that you wouldn't be by yourself. <laughs> and so some, some he had to move on supernaturally. When he, they looked at you and they thought, I don't care much about them. And then he moved on and they thought, oh yeah. <laughs> and all at once, for some reason, they like you. They don't know why they like you, but they like you because God loves you. He gave you friends. Ha! People that would actually pray for you. There's a lot of people in the world to pray for. Somebody prays for you instead of themselves, or instead of somebody else. That's favor. That's a gift. Amen? They would take time with you. Spend money on you. Buy you a meal. Buy you some clothes. That's God. I said that's God. Because the human nature is selfish. Even most Christians are pretty carnal. (laughs) But when God moves on people and they crowd up around you and they hug you and they say, oh man, we love you and I'm your friend. God is loving you. He's moving for you. He's helping you. He's encouraging you. How many have ever seen it when you were having maybe not the best day in the world and somebody just showed up and said the right thing? Just the right thing at the right time. I know ministers, you may not know this, but you know, we don't always get good letters. Sometimes there's bad letters. (laughs) Sometimes. By the time you get through reading something or hearing something, I've had people write and tell me that I should do the world a favor and get out of the ministry. (laughs) That I'm hurting the people. I'm hurting the people and I'm damaging the people and if I loved them, I'd get out. And the devil sometimes, he inspires people so that they know just what to say. Uh, the, the wrong thing at the wrong time. And if you listen to it, it goes, oh man, ow. That's a little close. Oh, uh, but God loves you so much, he'll have four of your buddies show up at your door and say, man, you're the greatest. I'm telling you, you're the man. You're the man. You're the greatest. We love you. You're anointed. You're a man of God. You've got the word for the moment. <laughs> he'll prop you. He'll pump you. He'll build you. He'll help you. Why? Why will he do all this? Because he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. <laughs> he loves me. If we had time, we could go on and on. Think about another reason. All of the prayers He has answered for you. All of the times He came through for you. How could you ever doubt and question His love? All you got to do is just think just a little bit. How many times you prayed, sometimes half unbelief, but it was the best you knew at the time. Rolled around, couldn't put one scripture with another, just acted pitiful. (laughs) But you were doing the best you knew how to do at the time. And so God said, that's pretty close, come on. (laughs) That's pretty close, let's go. Good enough for me. (laughs) I see you. Now, Now listen to me, people get hung up 
in legalism. They're afraid, well, man, if I don't confess it 43 times before lunch, and if I don't say it exactly like it says it in the King James or some such thing, I'm go- there's going to be some legal loophole and I'm going to miss it. No, listen, God sees your heart. Faith is of the heart. That means you can pray it all wrong. You can mess it all up and say it goofy and God says, I know what they mean. (laughs) There's been times I was believing for something and I said the wrong thing and I was kind of claiming the wrong thing and then the right thing happened and I went, oh yeah, God, that's what I meant. (laughs) That's, That's what I meant. You knew what I meant. You knew I, I said it wrong. I'm sorry, but he said, yeah, I knew what you meant. <laughs> Glory! Because he loves me. Stand up on your feet. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Glory to God. Just lift your hands and praise God and thank God because he loves you. He loves you. We're not just talking about somebody else. You. He loves 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 you. Hallelujah. He said, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting Love. That's why I have drawn you with loving kindnesses. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's the graciousness of God. The devil attempts to work on us and get us to yield to selfishness and get us to be confused until we get to the point where we don't think we even have anything hardly to be thankful for. We get to the point, people can get to the point where they think, well, God don't even really care about me. These are some of the worst lies you could ever hear or believe. I don't believe it. Do you? I refuse to entertain it for a moment. God has proven his love for me. Never should I question it or doubt it for one moment. To question his love is to doubt him. And the stronger that love grows up in you, it pushes out. Fear. I can sense it in the room here today. Fear has left. There's a lot less fear here than there was when we came in. I'm going to make it. When I say that, you need to say, I'm going to make it. How? I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. I'm not going to go under financially. I'm going to go over. Our family's not just going to be destroyed. We're going to make it. My kids are going to make it. My marriage is going to make it. My ministry is going to make it. My church is going to make it. We are going to make it. Because God loves us. And that we can count on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your goodness Thank you for your love. I pray that you would continue to unfold these things in our hearts, bring them to our remembrance, and help us to see so clearly, so powerfully, how much you really do care for us, how much you've done for us and are doing for us, and all you've planned to do for us. Help us to keep it ever before us and walk in the light and increase. And we say, Lord, thank you for loving us. And we say, we love you. You 
We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for loving us so we love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whoo, glory to God. Well, I can't speak for you, but I enjoyed myself. <laughs> if nobody else, I'm just preaching to me. Hallelujah. On your way out, tell somebody, I'm the one he loves. You're dismissed. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.